Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. First of all, let me welcome everyone that is here for Baptism Sunday. Today is a big day in the house of God, yeah. And uh, later on in the service, I'll give you guys some instructions. Ushers will be back to help you to, to, uh, to go uh, where you need to go, and we'll, uh, we'll celebrate together. This is one of the things that we love to do is we love celebrating baptism as a family. Watching those young people, it doesn't matter what age it is, really. When you go public, and this is the thing, and, in, and it's very fitting with the series that we're in entitled Commissioned. We've been talking about this for several weeks now, about us being commissioned by the Lord. And one of the initial things that you do, uh, Jesus started his life this way. He got baptized. I've had people say, do I have to get baptized? No, you get to get baptized. You don't have to do it. I know there are denominations that tell you if you don't get baptized, you're not saved. That's not scriptural. So if you know somebody like that, you know, in love, you straighten them out. How do you straighten them out? The word. You go back, to, you always go back to the word. Now, we got water. And if you've been on the fence about it, and you think, well, I didn't really come to do that today, but now all of a sudden you're here, and we got water. I said, we got water. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't sign up. Okay, consider yourself signed up. Amen. Now, let's get into this. We've, we've been in this, and we started this talk out of, uh, we're really kind of living in the, the book of Matthew, but everything about this talk was, was uh, motivated from Matthew 28, what theologians call the Great Commission. We have been commissioned. We have been authorized by Jesus with supervisory authority to go finish our assignment that he told us to do, just like he did the first 12. And so we left you Sunday before last. Last Sunday was kind of a big deal. So we talked about our father coming back to us. It was, what, what, what was last Sunday? It was Easter Sunday. What? Oh, yeah. Y'all already forgot? <laughs> no. But before that, we left you in Matthew 10. And Jesus told his first 12, he said this, you go and you preach and you say that the kingdom, you tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You heal the sick, you cleanse the leper, you raise the dead, you cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus today, open our hearts. Holy Spirit, we give you permission today to speak to our soul, to correct, to inspire, to transform us, to be not just hearers, Lord, but to be doers of the things that you put in front of us in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You see, God is wanting us to understand the same way that those first 12 got an assignment. They were freely given authority and power to go do, to go preach, to go be what Jesus had taught and showed them. And he's, he's wanting us to understand today that that assignment hasn't changed. Are you with me? And then in chapter 10, verse 37, we, we actually touched on this in the previous talk. But Jesus made this radical statement. He said, he who loves his father and mother or his son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Ow, right? I mean, that's a pretty harsh statement because let's be real. I've heard some of y'all, especially you talk to a grandparent, man, that grandbaby, 
I'm telling you, listen, Jesus will have a run for his money with that grandbaby, won't he? Right? But according to Jesus, because he knows if he's first, everything else. And, and, and here's, the, here's the other thing. You have to realize Jesus is talking to people under the old covenant. Under the new covenant, we have, according to the apostle Paul, we have been made worthy. We are the righteousness of, of God in Christ Jesus. We are worthy to stand in his presence, to walk under the anointing. We are what you can't earn it. He says, he goes on to say, he who, who, he who doesn't take up his cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. But once again, Jesus has made us worthy. But what he's wanting us to understand today, the whole principle of putting the kingdom of heaven first, putting him first in our life, not out of some legalistic religious obligation, but out of a relationship. I'm going to show you in just a minute that Jesus is primary. Uh, he wants relationship because he makes this statement in Matthew 10. He who receives you receives me. See, Jesus knows that when we've got him first in our life and we show up, he shows up and we're going to do, we're going to be, we're going to say what he wants us to, right? You're going to be that expression of Jesus to people, not a denominational philosophy, an actual expression of Jesus. And what did Jesus repeatedly tell people to do? You go preach, you tell them the kingdom of heaven's at hand, you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you clean the leper. Freely you've received, freely give it. Freely give this stuff. Yeah, but what if it doesn't work? Okay. Give it again. That's right. Come on, John. You got it. Guys, I've said this throughout this series. It is absolute arrogance on our part to just assume because you get a 30-minute sermon that you're going to step out and do, do things like Jesus did. These, the first 12, they followed him every day of their life, and they still failed miserably, repeatedly. Even after he was risen from the grave, they still doubted. The Bible says that he showed up in the, in the room and he rebuked them for their unbelief. So don't beat yourself up because you're not there yet. On the other side of the coin is this. Don't quit because you tried it and you didn't get the same results Jesus did. Right. <laughs> you're not Jesus. But can we do the work Jesus? Yes. This is what he has taught us repeatedly through Matthew. And then as we move on, because I'm going to go today. Now, remember, this is not some exhaustive study of Matthew, of the life of Jesus. This is like Sports Center. You're just getting highlights, okay? And so we're going to move into Matthew 12 or Matthew 11. And, and, and there is so much in Matthew 11 that you can really uh, do a deep dive into. But I want to highlight this one statement in Matthew 11:28. Jesus said, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly of heart. I love how the message paraphrases this. The message says, you watch how I do it, and then you do it. That's one of the number one ways that you teach people, isn't it, parents? I know sometimes you didn't intentionally do it that way, parents, but understand your kids tell on you all the time because more things are caught than taught. They come up in here and they do things and say things. You're like, who taught you that? You did, Dad. <laughs> right? Jesus said, take my yoke. Now, this, this, this word yoke, this, we don't use this word today, but it, it really it, it is, it is designed to, to really focus on relationship. What a yoke is, 
It's this old, see, you understand, they were an agriculture society. They knew exactly what a yoke did. A yoke will bind two together. A yoke puts two ox together so they can go this when you're plowing. That's what a yoke does. And he said, my yoke, when you're with me, <laughs> put that scripture back up at the beginning up. There he is. Yeah. Easy and light. I like light and easy. Huh? And if it's not light, now that doesn't mean that you're not going to go through stuff. But in the middle of stuff, you know, if Jesus has got you, just like the, the dudes in the boat, Jesus was asleep in the middle of the storm. They're all panicking. He, he gets up like, guys, I'm right here. As long as I'm here, you okay. Because if you go look at that story, Andy, he said, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's try to go to the other side. He said, let's go. That means if Jesus said we're going to the other side, guess where we're going? Huh? We're going to Sizzler. No. <laughs> That's old school, my bad. <laughs> but what you have to understand about the time of history, it, the legalistic, if you will, the religious system of that day was so severe. The Pharisees, would actually, they actually took the law of Moses and they manipulated it to such, agree, to, to such a degree with their traditions. That's why Jesus says that it's the traditions of men that make the word of God ineffective. And, the, and what, what Jesus is doing, and I can, I can assure you, if you follow, and we've talked about this many times, Jesus is introducing a brand new way of life. And so often some of the statements he would make, I am sure that he's staring some of those Pharisees right in the face. Huh? Because let's face it, when we're going through difficulties and challenges and trials and situations that we face in life, many of us, when we experience things like stress and anxiety, when fear comes in, when worry, these are all things that Jesus told us not to do, by the way. But the problem is in the culture that we live in today, guys, you know this. This is why I continually tell you to turn that garbage off. Our society, they thrive on fear and worry and stress. They thrive on it. It is a money-making machine driven by Satan himself. And we, like a bunch of idiots, just sit, well, I got to watch the news. And we just sit there and take it, and we take it, and we get brainwashed into believing a bunch of junk that's not even true. But Jesus said, my way, my, if you're yoked to me. See, the real question that we've got to be honest about today is this. Are we, individually, corporately, are we willing to make the necessary changes to not get trapped in that way of life, to not get manipulated by that, those ungodly emotions. I mean, let's face it, staying focused on the negative, staying focused on the worry and the stress, that's just the opposite of my yoke is easy. Because here's what happens. You go in the direction of your most dominant thought. You do. Listen, my, the other day I bought some limes. I just wanted one lime, but Kroger was out of limes in, in, in just one. They had a big bag of limes. You could buy a big bag, but they wouldn't open up a big bag and say you want, right? So Tracy comes home like, what are you going to do with them limes? I'm like, I'm going to make, because I'm already thinking, I'm going to make key lime pie. It's my favorite pie. I'm going to make key lime pie. See, you go in the direction of your most dominant thought. I mean, you could have done a bunch of stuff with limes, right? 
But I, I love Mexican food and fresh lime on, because I, I rock the house in the kitchen, and fresh lime on my seafood tacos, is, it, it's the, it, it tops it off just right. But I'm like, wait a minute, I can do something. Chris, I got all these limes. I might as well make some key lime pie. Yeah. I, I, you don't need key lime. It's bad for you. When I saw what was in it, I made it. I'm like, whew. And then I ate two big pieces of it. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. See, now, now listen, because, so you got to get your thing. If you want to make a change in your life, you got to, it starts with changing the way you think. Now, now I understand making a, no, 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 I get this. Simply making a change in our thinking doesn't automatically change the situation. It doesn't. But until there is a change in our thinking, overcoming the other stuff, you can forget it. Stress, worry, fear, anxiety, those things, unbelief, they will haunt you. So, so how big of a role would you say today, because now remember, we're following Jesus and we've been commissioned by him to do the things he did. And in order for us to do that, because if we do go in the direction of our most dominant thought, then we got to do something with our thoughts. Let me ask you this. How big of a role would you say that your thought life plays in your life today when it comes to stress and worry and anxiety? Especially after Jesus told you specifically in Matthew chapter 6, don't do it. If Jesus said don't commit adultery, that means don't do it. If he says don't steal, that means don't do it. If he says don't worry, that means don't worry. But when it, come, now, when it comes to the worry, when we have this lame excuse, yeah, but I couldn't help it. We, and I've had, I've had, I'm talking about my church folk. Now, if you watch in, yeah, you. You're not one of my sheep. Okay, but you're watching, so stick with me. But I've had people get mad at me because I say, quit worrying about it. And they say, I can't help it. And, you, and listen, and that's, that's your card. It's okay, Pastor, but I can't help. I can't help it. You can help it. Let me help you. All right, let's go back to the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Watch this. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. What? Your more traditional translation actually uses the word war that we war with. Paul refers to this. The Holy Spirit inspiring Paul to write this actually makes reference that there's a war that's raging in your mind. A war. Huh? A war. And he says, the weapons that we fight with, they're not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, a stronghold, now listen, for all you I can't help it people, a stronghold is a thought pattern that you've developed. That's, that, that's, what, a, that's what a stronghold is. For example, key lime pie. <laughs> stronghold, baby. I mean, the... Because the, the limes had been laying in a bowl. I, I mean, I, that, that, that thought pattern was there for days. Key lime pie is coming about. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Could I have helped it? See, some of you, you don't even want to answer that. I'm, no, brother. It's okay. I know it's okay to have the key lime pie because I, I had it. <laughs> but could I have helped it? You see, the, the writer of Proverbs says it like this. Now, he takes it 
a little bit more extreme, he tells the young man, he says, listen, don't even go down. If the prostitute lives down South Broadway, then don't even go down that street. See, you know why I don't go down the ice cream aisle? Because the prostitute lives there. <laughs> no, no, no. That was bad. That was bad. Y'all laugh way too much at that one right there. And all the religious people are like, um, Reverend, that's not funny. It was a little funny. Yeah. I don't go down the ice cream aisle because that is a battle that I will lose sometimes, but I cannot give the lame excuse I can't help it. Don't go down the aisle. Paul says the weapons we fight with, they're not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power for demolishing strongholds. And he says this, we demolish arguments. We devol- we, and, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every... Come on, y'all. Are, is he for real right now? Every thought? Every thought? See, if you want to win the battle of the mind... Take thought captive. Well, how do you take the thought captive? How do you do that, Pastor? You replace it with something else. Y'all ever heard this phrase, an idle mind is the devil's? Some say workshop, some play play, playground. Yeah, an idle mind. See, I don't let my my mind be idle. I put one thing in it, the word. When I start battling something, I put the word in it. Where y'all going? No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> he, he's like, would, would he, those, are, those are some of my kids. It's okay. He's like, would he do that to me if I get up? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I might, wouldn't I? Yeah. I would you for sure, Brandon. Yeah. See, you take every thought captive that's trying to come against what God has told you. When, 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 the world, when, when the world is telling you, no, you're not going to be able to make it, no, you're not going to do this, et cetera, et cetera, no, you, dis, you dismiss that stuff and you replace it with what God said. And you've got to tell yourself, you've got to tell yourself, this is what God said about me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can. You, but you've got, there has to be mind renewal. And so God designed us to live this way, but it's going to take the word to transform our thinking. You're built this way. This is how you were born again. You heard something, you believed it, and then you spoke it, right? That's, what, that's the Romans road. That's how you got born again. And so that same principle applies in every area of our lives. I love about this day, Baptism Sunday. Because these folks have made that confession of faith, and now they're going public with it. They're letting all of you all know. They're letting all of the kingdom of heaven know, and they're letting the kingdom of darkness know. I belong to Jesus now. I belong to Jesus now, right? All right, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, clap, yeah. Hey, now if you're here this morning, let me go ahead and give you some instruction real quick and then I'll get right back to preaching. But our ushers are at the back doors. If you're here this morning and you are scheduled to be baptized, go ahead and make your way to the back. Parents, if you're here and you have kids and you want to help them, there's guys back here at the back. Just find your way to the back and they'll give you instructions on what to do. Big day today for y'all. Yeah.
And so when, uh, and so when, once I turn things over to Daryl, you all just hang tight and we'll celebrate together as, as these family members take their next step. Amen. Now for you all, I still got you for a few minutes. You okay? See, here's the thing. When you're in the middle of stuff that's not going right, when stress and worry are trying to take over, don't just try to fight some silent battle. Take a step of faith. Let Jesus help you. Find some words from him and begin to use them against this. Let me ask you this. How many of you can relate to this theory? You're running your race. You're, you're stepping out in faith. You're, you're focused on Jesus. You know, you're trying to do the, the, these things that you're discovering. I think we were talking this morning. Uh, I was talking to somebody in the lobby. He said, man, I'm, I'm trying to do this. I want to get better. I'm like, listen, when you make yourself available to Jesus, it's happening. There's transformation taking place. This is the thing you have to understand. This is by design. This is how it works. You see, many times, here's what I found out, though. Many times when we're going after Jesus in the middle of a trial, okay, you know what I've discovered? Many times what we want to do is we want, Derek, we want Jesus to change our circumstance, but he's wanting to change us. Now, I'm not saying he put the storm in your life, but don't kid yourself. Many times he'll take that storm that you're in the middle of. He's going to be like, well, while you're here, I might as well work on you a little bit. Huh? Yeah. See, sometimes we don't want that. We don't, because it's uncomfortable. Listen to the, the writer in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to live the life of faith. You ever thought about this? I meditate on this scripture from time to time. We're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. You've heard me use this illustration before. See, I firmly believe that there are people in heaven, they got your jersey on. They got your baseball card in the bedroom. Because they're what, we're the ones in the game, y'all. They've gone on. Since we are surrounded by this huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up, and let us take a casual walk through the mall. No, what's it say? Let us run. Say run. Say run. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. He is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You see, guys, I can't help but wonder how many of us have been guilty of allowing whatever we're going through at this particular moment to define us instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, well, you don't know, where I, you don't know what I'm going through. I didn't write this. He's telling us if we'll stay on him, if we'll stay dialed in and follow him. See, I, I guess the faith question is this. Are we going to come to the place where we trust him enough in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the challenge, when everything isn't going the way we wanted? One of the biggest things I've learned over the years as a pastor is this. You really want to find out where a, place, a person is in their, in their life of faith? You watch how they act when they don't get their way. Now, I'm talking about born again, heaven-bound, spirit-filled, Jesus-quoting, Bible-toting believers. But you don't get your way? 
Jesus, God, your pastor, they gone. And we go back to that same phrase, thus says the Lord, Reverend, I can't help it. We love to use that term, don't we? I can't help it. You can't. Hebrews 12 just made it very clear you can't help it. Could it be that if we continually stress and worry over stuff, that it's simply revealing an area in our life that we haven't maybe completely given to Jesus yet? Because, see, if you give your life to Jesus, if you give your life to him in the middle of the difficulty and the storm, it doesn't mean everything. Guys, I, I, I wish everything, I mean, I wish it was Disneyland Christianity, but it's not. It's real-world Christianity with real people and real struggles and a real devil. This is why he said, come to me, Matthew 11. Come to me, all, all you who labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. If you go on and reading in that, that, that passage in Hebrews, it talks about that the children of Israel, they could not enter into God's rest because of their unbelief, because of their, they didn't have any faith. They didn't trust him. He says, take my yoke. Learn from me because I'm gentle and lowly of heart and you'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But the minute that we come to the place where we, we actually start to trust him, you think about this. If he's actually the shepherd of your life. How many of you have read Psalm 23? Here's what I want you to do today. Go back and read it. I want you to read it from the sheep's point of view. We the sheep, he's the shepherd. See, the minute we come to the place where he actually, we see him as our shepherd, things like stress, anxiety, fear, they will stop having the same kind of influence because you know God's got you. You know he's got you. Some of the things that David went through, the difficulties that he faced, He's the guy that wrote most of this stuff. Getting to that place won't happen on accident. You have to make yourself available. God's not going to chase you down, but he's going to call you and call you and call you. Y'all come to me, all of you that are heavy laden, all of you that are burdened down with the cares of this world, come to me and I'll give you rest. See, this is the thing, as you follow Jesus and you watch the things that he does. Y'all got time for, y'all, you got time for one more? All right. Because what happens going into chapter 12, now, now remember as you follow Jesus, what have we been talking about throughout this series? Every, and it's, it's like almost every chapter, once, it, once you go into another chapter, the Bible says, and in, in chapter 12, verse 15, it says it again, and a great multitude followed him and he healed them all. See, I'm telling you guys, you, you got to get this. You cannot follow Jesus and not see healing. Can't. It's all through there. Later in the chapter, when you, when you continue, now remember, highlights real quickly, Jesus is still talking about the kingdom of heaven and he makes some radical statements. He says, guys, a king, if there's a kingdom that's divided, can't stand. He says this, a tree is known by its fruit. What's that mean? All I got to do is look at your life, Michaela. Fruit tree. 
Oh, wait a minute. A nut tree. <laughs> a tree. I know some of y'all, you try to be undercover Christians. But a tree is known by its fruit. Yeah. Then he makes this statement. And from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, Kate called me on this the other day. She said it was a Freudian slip. And I'm like, I think Jesus had it before Freud did. From the abundance of the heart. But y'all quiet up in here this morning. I'm, I'm going to try this group for a minute because you all know when pressure comes on, when the pressure comes on, whatever you're full of comes out. So my question, my question for this group, all y'all watching, what you full of? Because when the pressures of life come on, that's what's going to come out. And this is why you need to be full of the things of God so that when you're faced with that challenge, when you're facing that trial, when you're in the middle of that storm, we going to the other side. We're going. From the abundance of the heart. You know what a lot of people say, though? They'll say stuff, and then this is, this is their, this is their I, I don't know, maybe it's their cop-out, I'm not sure. Just kidding. Just, just kidding. From the abundance of the heart, just kidding. <laughs> I know a lot of people didn't like that one. <laughs> yeah. Just so we're clear, in verses 36 and 37, he takes it a step further talking about, listen, listen to, now, now who's talking here, y'all? Jesus is. Jesus says this, I say to you, I don't know if y'all ready for this verse or not. I, I really, I'm not ready for it. Every idle word that men speak, how many? Every idle word, they will give an account of it. Just kidding. <laughs> Every idle word. Who's talking here? Jesus. For by your words, you're going to be justified. And by your words, you're going to be condemned. So by your words today, instead of I can't help it, I'm going to the other side. By your words, instead of I can't help it, Jesus and me, we're going to win this battle today. I'm overcome. <laughs> by your words. Now, you just can't say any old dumb thing you want to say, but if you say what God says about your life, his transforming power goes to work on your life. Be ready, be expectant, listen to the things of God with faith in your life, amen? Now, I'm going to turn things over to Daryl in just a second, but before I do that, I want to give you the opportunity, if you're here today, now, just FYI, we'll pick right back up here. The thing I love about a series like this, I don't have to have a conclusion, I can just shut it down for a minute, and we'll come back. Right, it, it, now, if the Lord, do, if the Lord do, you know, calls us home, then he'll take over, and he'll teach you something, all right? But we'll pick up here next Sunday in Matthew chapter 13, okay? So why don't you read? Y'all want some homework? I, I thought you were asking. I felt that's what you were saying, that you wanted some. So why don't you go ahead and read Matthew 13 next week, and we'll be ready, okay? Now, before, we, before I turn things over to Daryl, let me give you the opportunity. If you're in the room, 
if you're watching us today and you've never given Jesus a chance in your life, let today be that day. Take a step of faith. We're not necessarily asking you to be a member of our church. We would love it if God brings you here, but man, more, more than anything, we want you to be part of the family of God. We want heaven to be your home. Amen. So wherever you're at in the room, wherever you're at right now watching us, stop what you're doing. Say this prayer with us together and give Jesus a chance in your life. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, Stop by the information desk after service and let somebody know. Those of you that are watching, tell a friend, tell somebody, let us know so we can help you in your next steps of faith. Now, let me give folks some instructions. Those of you that have family members that are being baptized today, come on up. Make yourself at home. Get up right here in front. Take pictures. This is a family event. This is a big deal to you, so we want you to feel comfortable up here. Uh, do whatever you want to do to get some shots of that and, and enjoy this special moment. Uh, we love you all. We'll see you next Sunday. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.